Welcome to the Busy Fit Podcast, Episode 9. We are going to dive into why some fitness classes may not be benefiting you or helping you see progress. If you missed Episode 8, we dove into how to make sustainable New Year's resolutions. Today, we'll be doing a rapid-fire format, so it'll be a shorter podcast than normal. We'll be talking about each area within that subject in two minutes or less, and then we'll move on to the next piece. The main reason we're talking about this subject today is there's a few different fitness classes that have basically started the year with a transformation challenge. They've been you know, taking a lot of their members through uh, in-body scans or some sort of fitness test just to kind of give them a, a baseline as they head into this process. And so I've kind of seen this and just wondering why they didn't necessarily see results. They've been doing you know these group fitness classes for a year or two. And they're just really curious as to why they haven't seen the progress after putting in a lot of hard work. So we're going to kind of talk through that together with me and our director of online programming, Aaron Duvall, as to why that may be happening. We'll go ahead and get started. Yeah, I think one kind of the first point that we'll talk about here is kind of prefacing the rest of this is to first also make the point that like, you know, these these different classes or these transformation challenges, you know, they're, they're not inherently bad. Uh, I think that there are, you know, some people, you know, we we're kind of emphasizing the people on one side of the spectrum that may not see the results that they wanted or uh, feel worse doing it or find that it's not sustainable or comfortable for them. Uh, when, you know, a lot of people may s- still find a lot of merit and a lot of success in a lot of these. So we don't want to just come out and say like, well, this, this is, you know, the, these ideas of transformation challenges or, you know, oh, New Year, New You, like, here's a, a discount to the membership for this class or whatever it is. That, like, you need to stay away from those. But I think that there's a lot of other points that you can maybe um, emphasize just for people to keep in consideration when they are looking at some of The next point we'd like to talk through is, uh, you know, basically a lot of those classes are incredibly intense. You know, most of the workouts are short duration, but high intensity and why you may not want to just dive straight into something like that. Like if we're talking, especially for people that have been inactive for an extended period of time, like months or even years, going straight from doing not much activity, if any, that gets us into like, especially a really high rate threshold into spending, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, and, uh, you know, a heart rate percentage that we're, probably not used to being in at all daily life like going into something like that without that much of an aerobic base can be extremely difficult and can be you know non-sustainable for many people like you know a lot of people think that like okay well if i go into this class and i come out and i'm really sweaty and i feel like i just worked really really hard and like that's good and Yes, there's some merit to like working hard and doing a lot of that, but that doesn't mean that like, you know, being around 80 to 90% of your max heart rate for over 30 minutes when you haven't been doing anything for weeks, months, or even years, it's probably not a good first step to take. So I think that we we definitely want to emphasize the point that before jumping into maybe some of these like higher intensity type programs or classes to kind of take that first step first into developing some sort of that foundational aerobic base, uh, meaning that like, hey, instead of going into a class of 30 minutes where you're going to be jumping, lifting nonstop, no rest, nothing, why don't you take 20, 30 minutes where you get on, you know, uh, a recumbent bike or get on an incline treadmill or a rower 
spend a little bit more time, maybe like 60 to 70 percent of your max heart rate, take break, take breaks where needed and, uh, you know, develop a little bit more tolerance to some level of training from an aerobic and slow standpoint before going into something that's higher intensity and a little bit more, you know, grueling of uh, a workout. The next one we're going to talk about is essentially just kind of encompassing the whole picture, right? You know, it's easy to think about, okay, I'm just going to do more and more exercise. And there's a lot of other elements in the, involved that will both lead to muscle growth, weight loss, overall body composition change, uh, and just kind of talk us through what that process looks like and, and how they may not be accounting for every factor. Right. There's a lot of things that we need to keep in consideration when we're adding new training adjustments, especially like if getting healthier, getting fitter, if all it took to do that was just get in the gym and work really hard, then the world would probably be a much healthier place. But uh, unfortunately, like it's not just that easy. Like we need to account for other factors like our diet, uh, our sleep, our recovery, hydration, any other, you know, external uh, factors that may be kind of going against our, our ability to continue to progress and whatever we're trying to look at. So we need to consider other adjustments as well. We can't just say, okay, well, if I do what I'm doing, everything that I'm doing now stays the same, except for I'm going to spend an hour at the gym doing a really hard workout. That may work for some, don't get me wrong, but for a lot of people, if we're not accounting for that and, you know, replenishing that fuel well and before and after, we're not taking into account that increase in activity. Like we're just going to be more sore, more beat up, more hurt, and, you know, lose. And we can end up falling off of, you know, two, three weeks down the line. And like, okay, well, this just isn't sustainable for me uh, because you weren't taking care of those other factors as well. Like when you increase your activity, you probably need to be a little bit more cautious or at least cognizant, you know, what kind of food you're putting in your mouth. You need to be cognizant of how much sleep you're getting every night. Like those factors sound like cliche, but they they only sound cliche because they're true and it's very real that like that needs to be taken into consideration as well. And next point that we'll make is that, you know, going into if we're talking about like making new sustainable change from an activity exercise training standpoint, understanding that it it is a marathon, it's not a sprint. If we do try to go at it and sprint towards it, we're probably gonna end up being like we were alluding to earlier, just putting band-aids on everything. It's not going to be sustainable. We're going to fall off after a week or two. We're just going to be really sore and really hurt. And we're this like disdain for whatever type of activity or modality that uh, training that we just tried. When the reality is like, you know, activity is always going to be better than inactivity uh, for most people. Like, we just need to make sure that that increase in activity and the mode of that activity is built up more strategically rather than just saying, okay, this like all or none mentality, like, okay, well, I'm going to be, you know, I haven't ran a mile in 10 years, but I'm going to be the next day to dog. So I'm going to get me some new running shoes and go out and uh, just push myself to the limits and try to get 10 miles today. It's like, Again, that's going to do more harm than good for a lot of people. It can set them back even further, and that's that's not like a 
oh, that's just kind of like a weak mindset. Like, no, it's it's an intelligent mindset. Making sustainable changes for your lifestyle isn't an overnight thing. The motivation that we can have to make a decision to make changes may be an overnight thing, but the process of that change is, again, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's like people get into kind of this thing where they decide whatever mode they're going to try, whether it's a fitness class or running or whatever it is. And they might, may not necessarily even enjoy that mode, but they stick to it and think like, oh, I got to get through the grind. I got to get through the suck. In reality, it's like there's going to be a point where they're going to drop off because they don't actually love that part of it. So it's more important to find something that you can like enjoy, continually do. And if you're getting in it and like, don't get me wrong, like there's times exercise is just hard, but it doesn't have to be where like, oh, I don't know if I can finish or it doesn't have to be like a thing where you're dreading doing it. Like you want it to be something, unless you're an athlete and like you have to do it, you know, I guess, you know, former swimmers, like we had to jump in cold water, no matter how much that sucked. But if you don't like cold water, you don't have to swim if that's not what you are like required to do. So like, don't be afraid to say, yeah, I don't like this and like try something else. The important thing is if you don't enjoy it and you don't want to stick to that, don't do nothing because you think that's the only way to do it find something that you can actually enjoy and do for the rest of your life. And you're more likely to be successful with that with knowing it's a marathon and you're not going to get to where you want to be in a month or two. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think to go off that, like, I think there is some merit to being, to having enough self discipline where like, you know, whether it's eating a, a healthier meal versus uh, you know, a sloppy cheeseburger, like, yeah, I would, much rather have a sloppy cheeseburger than, you know, a, a salad with some beef and rice. But at the same time, like there's, there's a level of self-discipline where I think that we do need to kind of push past a little bit. Um, you know, not everything when we're talking about lifestyle and uh, training changes is going to be sunshine and rainbows, but it's kind of making sure that we're not on one end of the spectrum or the other. We're not at the end of like, well, I have to love every single minute of it or else I'm not going to do it. Um, or like, well, God, I hate every second of this and this sucks. And I'm more miserable knowing that I feel like I need to go to the gym or the pool or the track or whatever today than um, if I wasn't going to. Like, it's it's about finding that, that middle ground, right? What's the, the fairy tale? The It's just right. The bears, I don't know. Never mind. Oh, the the porridge. Yeah, it's, it's it's like the you don't yeah you don't want the porridge too hot too cold you want it just right for was it Goldilocks I think I think so I don't know. yeah <laughs> sweet yeah well I mean you have to have any sort of change requires some level of discomfort but it doesn't have to be to the extent of discomfort where you absolutely like hate the entire thing you know but because there's that's a it's a slippery slope you know because you don't want it to be where like you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable to get the process started, but you don't have to be like on the floor, you know, creating a sweat angel just to get progress. Like that's not how that works. Yeah. I think that that builds into our next point is that like, you know, exercise doesn't have to be grueling all the time um, or really ever for most people for, for that. Like, we've already talked about like, you know, people kind of going from, one ship of not doing anything to hopping into the ship of like, okay, I'm going to do everything and try to do this like instantaneous change. 
where they just get hurt or get burnt out. It's just not sustainable. But, um, you know, building that aerobic base, um, really important. Uh, but making sure that, like, we have enough of a base where exercise and training isn't that grueling all the time is going to be really important. But even if we do have a solid training base or a good aerobic base and we recover well, we have a good training background, it doesn't mean that, like, every day that we need to go into the gym, that we need to be pushing ourselves to the absolute limit. And the reality is, like, a lot of people that we do see that do that um, are, one, they've, they've built themselves up to, like, they need to be at that level to make that next, like, 1% of progress because they are elite at whatever they're doing. Uh, or a lot of people, you know, some sort of exogenous hormones or help from unnatural ways that, like, well, that's just going to cause you other problems down the road, too. Um, so we can talk about a different time. But, uh, yeah, exercise doesn't have to be this, like, if it's okay if you leave the gym after an hour and, yeah, you got a little bit of pit stain and, like, maybe a, a, a few sweat beads on your brow, but you don't have to be making that sweat able to know and walk away knowing, that, like, okay, I did some good for my body. Um, I helped improve, like, this and this you know, different aspect of my strength or my fitness and, you know, going about the plane like that. Like, I think it's important too, that we undulate those stresses as well, especially if we have like a high frequency of training. So like if, you know, I don't, I don't think it's that hard a question if someone says, okay, well, I didn't work out at all last year. So this year I'm going to go to the gym five days a week, you know, that's probably that can be okay as long as those five days a week isn't like after each of those five days you're lying in the pool with your own sweat at the end of every workout. You want to make sure that you do have some days that are a little bit more challenging that you do need to push yourself, whether it's from a strength or a fitness aspect. Um, but you do have other days that you know may qualify as like more of like an active recovery day. So having that balance of your high days, your high low days, and your low low days. Uh, it's going to be really important as well. Obviously, we know people love these classes. You know, they love the community side. They love the social side. They may even love the endorphin rush you get from the intensity of the class. Uh, and so regardless of whether they know it's like the right thing for them or not, they may end up continuing going. They have a great friend group. They really enjoy the coach they're working with or for whatever reason, they're going to stay, but they haven't seen progress in the last year or two. What would be your first three points of advice you would have for them if they want to stay, continue doing what they're doing, but they also want to make progress over the next year? That's a really good question. Um, I have three points. I guess the first one, honestly, if you have, if you found a community, a group of friends that when you go to whatever class it is or gym, whatever time, and you do look forward to going to that, regardless if you're seeing the results that you want to or not. My first piece of advice is great. Keep doing that. Um, to be honest, because like, I think half that battle is finding that motivation and self-discipline to get to where you at least have that frequency of training that you can make some sort of a sustainable difference. So if it's something you do enjoy going to and do enjoy like doing and uh, being with certain people, Great. That doesn't mean that you have to flip the script. So keep doing that. But I think the second point would be find out, uh, like, is there anything that could be more strategic from either the, the 
points we were talking about earlier, like the training perspective, the nutrition perspective, the recovery perspective that could help facilitate the results that you're actually looking for. I think if we all did like self inventory, uh, okay, how much water do I drink a day? Or, you know, how many good fats do I eat? How much protein do I eat? We could all probably say like, yeah, I could do a little bit better at the very least. Right. So doing that self inventory of like, okay, I'm not getting the goal. I'm not hitting the goals that I want, but I do enjoy what I'm doing and enjoy being around the people that I'm with when I'm doing it. Okay. Well then, what kind of audit can you give yourself to make sure like, you know, what changes could be made to help you reach that goal? And nine times out of 10, it's probably going to lie in one of those different factors. One, if it is from the training perspective, you know, maybe it's, okay, I know that I'm not comfortable or can't do these certain exercises. I need to come up with some sort of an adjustment. Talk to the coach, the trainer, whoever. If they don't have an adjustment, talk to another coach or person online there's plenty of resources to say like you know advocate for yourself and like okay no this is what's probably better for me and what i think is going to help me reach my goal and then you know just kind of keep an open conversation with that from a training perspective so that like you know you're not fixated into like okay it's it's all or nothing i have to do this and what's prescribed to me and, and that's it Second thing being, again, the nutrition. I think we can all give ourselves an audit on what we're eating from a day-to-day basis and find something that we could probably say, like, you know, I would probably have more energy if I ate this then, or I would probably feel less sore or feel a little bit down or less gut discomfort if I ate this or drank that instead. Um, And then lastly, just, again, that recovery aspect, like, okay, you're you're working out well, you're eating well, you're enjoying what you're doing, but you're getting four hours of sleep at night. Like, guess what? You're, you're not going to get to where you want um, if that is anything you know, beyond maybe a 10 or 20% improvement of where you're at currently. Like, it, the reality is, like, we need that sleep. We need that recovery. And there's other recovery modalities and stuff out there, different tools, different whether it's uh, like different hyperice items or Normatex or contrast therapy, whatever it may be, but uh, sleep is king and so are all those other other recovery tools. Um, I think the third point that I would make is finding a balance of like giving it time because I think that some people may think, oh, I've been doing this for you know, two weeks and I'm not getting the goals that I want. It's like, okay, it's probably going to take a little bit more than two weeks for you to start noticing these uh, more apparent changes for lack of better words. Um, But at the same time too, if you're giving yourself enough time and you are, you know, two, three months down the road of giving whatever modality of, of training that you're doing, uh, and you do feel like you're you're eating well, you're recovering well, then maybe that's, I guess, when it would become time to like, okay, can we consider something different, either taking certain things away from what that training looks like or adding certain things to it? You know, again, there's millions of resources out there, not to sound like super vague, uh, but like in, I'm being intentionally vague because a lot of people's goals can be very different. Uh, and again, if it's not helping you, after a long period of time, then 
you need to look back and start to make kind of the, the self audit on that standpoint, like, okay, well, from a training perspective, maybe I do need to make some sort of change. But I think at first glance, if it's something that like, well, I really, I do enjoy doing this and I, I like the people that I work out with and I like this class, then the reality is that's probably better than doing nothing at least. But there's still going to be some sort of micro adjustments or changes that can help uh, a situation like that get to where like, okay, well, now the the training feels a little bit better. I feel like I'm eating a little bit better. I'm sleeping a little bit better. Now. Okay, we're four or five, eight weeks down the road. And like, okay, now I'm starting to see some noticeable changes. This is great. Thanks for listening to episode nine of the Busy Fit Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes. Thank you.